0: It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com, and this is going to be a Say Nice Things About Detroit and Hawaii show. Well, most of my shows are that way. So a couple months ago, when I was in Detroit in June, I made several trips this summer, I did a parlor talk at the Urban Consulate, which I was delighted when Claire Nelson asked me to to do that. We had a full house, and there are a lot of people from my past in the 70s and 80s and from the Emily Detroit runs, Emily's Across the Street, my uh, love of the city and our Say Nice Things About Detroit movement. were at the Parlor Talk, some people I had never met and one someone uh, by the name of uh, Megan Elliott came up to me and she said, oh, you've got to meet a, a, a friend of mine or an associate, her name is uh, Lisa Nuskowski, and she's, actually she sent me an email too, she said, she introduced us and that's who I got on the line this morning Lisa Nuskowski in Detroit Hi Lisa. Hi Emily, great to be here. So I was just looking at the note that uh, Megan had sent both of us when she introduced us. Uh, I'm writing to introduce you to Emily Gale of Say Nice Things About Detroit fame. Emily Lisa is the director of both Detroit's Bike Share Program and the Open Streets Program. So she's doing a lot of fantastic work for the city. She and I were speaking last week, and she was aware of your work and the runs you used to put on, but I know the two of you had not been formally introduced. And you have a lot of exciting Ideas uh, and things to talk about. So that's what I'm loving about what's happening in Detroit is there's so much connection of people that were part of the past and we're still part of the present, and very similar to the Detroit Historical uh, Museum uh, mantra, right? Is the past meets yeah. the present. Is the Absolutely. present. And you and I have had several talks since, and Open Streets Detroit launched last month. You had two Sundays where you had Open Streets. So give us a little overview, because it all ties in with Kona and Hawaii, too, because we just got our first bike share program here last last month. I saw Tina Clovier with PATH, who was in charge of getting it set up. So we have a lot to share, and I know you're kind of watching what we do, and and everybody's watching what's happening in Detroit as far as the open streets, the bicycle events, and give us an overview of of your role with the the downtown
1: Are you still there, Emily? Yeah, I am. Okay, sorry, it it cut out there for a second. Um, So, yeah, so I am the executive director for Detroit Bike Share, and we are an affiliate of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, Um, and so it was through that role that I became the project lead on Open Streets Detroit. So for any of your listeners who may not be familiar with with Open Streets, uh, Open Streets are part of an international movement. It was started in Bogota, Colombia in the 1970s, and it was really part of a, a social revolution there because many people in Bogota at the time felt that... Their city was just being overrun by cars, and they really wanted to sort of rebalance things and have it be more people-focused. And so, they started closing down, um, you know, main roadways to car traffic certain times of the week and opening it up to people walking and biking and engaging in healthy activities. And so that 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 concept really sort of caught on not only in Bogotá but throughout the rest of Latin America and is spread throughout North America as well as um, as, as Europe too. And so. Detroit put on its uh, its inaugural Open Streets program um, two dates September 25th and uh, Sunday October 2nd both were Sundays and we closed down about 3.7 miles of Michigan Avenue and Westburner Highway um, it leads it connects several um, really interesting neighborhoods in Detroit here um, starting at downtown. Uh, moving through Corktown, which is a, um, the oldest neighborhood in the city of Detroit and a historically Irish neighborhood, and then connects um, through to southwest Detroit, where we have a really um, strong uh, Latin American community who lives um, in that neighborhood, um, as well as African American and, and Caucasian populations as well. So it was a really um, incredible opportunity to connect several um, distinct neighborhoods that, although they're located next to each other, are sometimes separated by geographic and cultural boundaries. And so this was one great way to sort of bring everybody together through this um, celebration in the streets. We had about um, 80-plus activity partners providing everything from dance to arts, music, culture, sports, exercise. Um, We had things like a bike rodeo, an obstacle course. Um, We had skateboarders doing demonstrations. We had our, our regional soccer team, the Detroit City Football Club, um, doing soccer demonstrations and, uh, and coaching. We had some really cool art projects um, by the People First Project, which is an initiative um, from a group of, of uh, folks out of uh, Corktown. Um, and so just a really interesting range of activities. It was fun, free, family-friendly. And, uh, and for time, I think the traders had a chance to stand in the middle of, uh, of Michigan Avenue, which in some cases is a nine-lane uh, roadway, and so it's quite large and feels very unpeople-friendly um, most of the time. But um, those two Sundays, they were uh, packed with people and, I think, um, packed with people who were excited to experience the streets in a different way.
0: Well, a couple of things. First of all, Michigan Avenue is also known as U.S. Highway 12, and it's a, a highway that runs from Aberdeen, Washington, to Detroit, Michigan. And um, I remember a day from uh, Mercury Bar last year put out some stickers that said uh, U.S. 12 Corktown. I've got one on my wall right now. Celebrating yeah. U.S. 12 Michigan Avenue. So it's a very iconic it's got a lot of history to it. It's kind of like a Route 69 or something, you know. Exactly. But, uh, that's what's very cool about it. But along the, I know last, uh, when I was in in Detroit, a couple of weeks ago, Mercury Bar was getting ready to have their band out there. I know that Slow Roll had, a, had a, a setup over at Roosevelt Park, and it was just so nice to see how many people were so involved. You know, Tom Page and his bike group, the Detroit Green Pathways, it's such a cooperative effort, and, and you were the umbrella organization that, that gave everybody an opportunity to continue to be as cooperative as everybody has, all the many organizations that are doing healthy things in the city of detroit and of course Corktown, iconic because that's where tiger stadium was where the it, it was uh navin field then brick stadium then tiger stadium so yep. there's so much history there not just for detroiters but for visitors too and i'm amazed at how many visitors i come across i made three trips to detroit this summer and i run into visitors all the time to, uh, that that's what they came to detroit for was to see what's going on in detroit
1: yeah, absolutely. I think that um you know the success of something like open streets and I think some of the partnerships that you highlighted there are emblematic of what's going on in the city right now. So, I mean there's been a growing momentum so you know, not only around biking but just creating a more people-friendly city. Um you know we've been the motor city for for so long and so I think initiatives like this really speak to uh, a growing desire on the part of many people who are, are living here to Um, think about how we can use our physical assets like our street space in a different way. And and it doesn't have to be about pitting cars against people, against bikes, but how do we accommodate a wide range of uses? So how do we accommodate, you know, not only people driving personal vehicles, but public transportation and people who are riding a bike and people who are walking? And how do we do that in a, a safe way and really make that part of a cohesive system? And so I think that, you know, in addition to some of the groups that you mentioned, I mean, this took partnerships. Um, on all levels, so, you know, from the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan, who we had to work with in closing down the roads and making sure everything was safe, to, you know, sponsors like DTE Energy Foundation, who, um, you know, was, uh, took part in some in meetings with Gil Penalosa from an organization called 880 Cities. Uh, they're based out of Toronto, and they're really focused on that same sort of mission of, of making cities more people-friendly. Um, and uh, And so DTE, you know, heard about this idea and really, you know, loved it from the start and has, you know, been incredibly supportive. Um, and then, you know, from the activity partners to the 200 and some volunteers that we had over both days, um, helping to actually put on the, you know, the the events. Um, it was really, I think, a great example of how community can come together when there is um, an exciting and unique vision to, to rally around. And so we hope that, you know, people sort of took away from that, that, you know, that there are other possibilities for for how our, our public space can be used, and that that'll create more demand um, for for those not only events, but thinking about things like permanent bike lanes and protected bike lanes, and you know um, transit only lanes for for buses um, moving along um, along Michigan Avenue and, and Burner Highway. so just you know really hoping to open people's imaginations a, a bit to to what could be um, as we as we think about um, our street space here in Detroit.
0: Well, actually, maybe even open their their uh, minds up more so because nobody's done better than Detroit the last few years. So that is all those different groups you mentioned individually. They've been doing so much. Riverfront Conservancy. Everybody yeah. you mentioned uh, uh, the the DT Energy Foundation. Of course, Faye Nelson wasn't they uh, with Riverfront Conservancy before DTE? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So okay. Her, so so considering that exactly. That, yeah. And moving it along, because it's been going on in all these groups, but you were an umbrella of bringing all of them together on those those couple of days there on Michigan Avenue. And, and, and yet every single day, I mean, I, I'm just amazed at how much is going on every day, whether it's out in front of, of the Renaissance Center or down at Campus Martius. And, that it, you know, your events included Campus Martius, which is a great a park in the center of Detroit right down in the heart of, of, of the downtown area. But, yeah, it's pretty hard to imagine the um, the the scope and the size and the, the kind of – it doesn't even mean, it have to be cooperation because that's going on anyway in Detroit right now. There's such a, a sense of excitement of everybody. There's room for everybody to be successful at what they're doing. And um, but look, the the bike lanes, the Tour de Trois help fund, right?
1: Exactly. On 2nd yeah.
0: Avenue, actually changing the street, right? It Wasn't that a two-way street? Now it's a one-way. I, I rode I on that bike lane a couple of weeks ago. I was just thinking about it. Um, I mean, all the little-by-little little efforts that have been made to, to get those bike lanes in and more bike lanes, and, and Detroit is, is built like a tire spike uh, uh, wheel, right? All the streets emanating from the center, and wide yeah, exactly. streets, so it's a, a, a great uh, venue for what's going on in the city. And I, the open streets, the reception was great. I mean, I've been looking at Facebook pages this morning, going back to people's pages, and everybody showing what they had going on and all uh, the different activities. So, and what a blessing because there was such a heavy rain a couple of days before this past one. But oh it looks like I you know. had a beautiful day. It we were all like just—I mean,
1: we were all you know checking uh, weather. dot com multiple times a day in those days leading up to it, and uh, and I think that also really helped um, with turnout this past Sunday because I think everybody felt a little cooped up from the you know the previous days. We and one day we got five inches of rain. Um, here. And so I know a lot of people were dealing with flooded basements, but sort of how to navigate around town when some of the roadways were closed down because so much water came down so quickly. Um, so, yes, I think that kind of, you know, really set the stage for um, people wanting to get, you know, get outdoors, enjoy a beautiful fall day, and, and to do it together, too, right? Because I, I feel like, you know, it, this is not unique to Detroit, but I think so often we, like, we operate in our own little, like you know, sort of self-reinforced circles. Our own like, your communities, communities. We go to the same places and see the same people, but we have very few opportunities to just come together as different parts of the community and en- enjoy being around one another and spending time with each other. When you think about the spaces that really promote that kind of connection, you think about places like the Detroit Riverfront. You think about places like Eastern Market. You think about places like Belle Isle that just sort of draw people in and. Provide the opportunity to 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 be together, Um, and so to me, that was one of the the biggest successes is just seeing the the wide range of of people from young families to couples to students to senior citizens to people of all you know ages, races, backgrounds, ethnicities, and abilities. Um, Being able to participate was really um, was really a a heartwarming and inspiring um, place to be.
0: So how long of a stretch along Michigan Avenue was that? Was that like
1: a, a mile or two? Yeah, so the entire route was 3.7 miles. Um, wow, okay. and, that, and that includes, I would say, about a mile and a half of that was, um, was Michigan Avenue. And then the remainder of that, um, you know, probably just over two miles was, was Verner. So, um, and we connected to Verner right through Roosevelt Park. So as you mentioned, you know, one of the reasons why we selected the route that we did is it connected several Really great parks here in Detroit. So starting with Campus Marshes downtown, and then Roosevelt Park, which is in front of the Michigan Central Train Station, which many people have probably seen. Um, you know, is an iconic image of Detroit. It's just you know beautiful, um, you know, hundred year old, um, currently abandoned train station um, that uh, that sits right there on the park, and um, and then connects you know down over to Clark Park in Southwest Detroit, which is. now has got soccer fields and an ice hockey rink um, and baseball diamonds um, and really a place for, you know, the community to come together there as well. So we really loved it that it connected these, you know, three great parks um, along the way and provided an opportunity to people to check some of them out because many people are familiar with Campus Martius, but they may not have been in southwest Detroit. This was an opportunity to see, um, you know, slow down a little bit, get out of your car, whether you're walking, you're biking, rollerblading um to get a chance to to take it out take it all in
0: so we're we're talking with lisa newskowski Nus- he was the executive director of detroit bike share which we're going to talk about because we now have bike share in, in kona but uh that's an affiliate of the downtown detroit partnership and they put on the open streets and uh, lisa was was the coordinator of the Oprah Streets just held it, that we're talking about in Detroit. And, and I was curious, how did you pick Michigan Avenue? I just thought that was a great opportunity for people really to see how that Michigan Avenue connects those communities like Southwest Detroit and downtown Detroit. I mean, it, I, I love driving down Michigan Avenue, you know, particularly seeing what's going on there now. But how did you happen to pick Michigan Avenue? Just yeah, make sense? So-
1: yeah, we picked Michigan um, and Verner because, you know, because I mentioned, you know, the parks were, were a big, you know, part of that. It also connected um, several distinct neighborhoods, and then we wanted to, to do that as well. Um, it, it also represents some of the, the most dense um, residential and commercial activity um, in, in the city. And so, you know, you've got some really strong shops, restaurants businesses along both Michigan and Verner that we, we wanted to highlight. Um, it's also got growing, you know, greenways and biking infrastructure, and so we want to support that and highlight that, how it can be used to, to connect communities. Um, and like I said, several iconic spaces like the, the train station, like the park, um, you know, like being, you know, in the middle of US 12. Uh, you know, which is, you know, a national national roadway. So we, we really love that it covered um, all of those bases and, and connected downtown to um, to some of the neighborhoods.
0: Well, um, you know, when I went, tried to put on my very first uh, Emily Detroit run, which was the first run ever put on in the streets of Detroit, 1975, and I always tell the story, but I, I like to give the history of things, just like mentioning that it was Megan Elliott that led me to you. I think all those things have a... The threads are always important, how they came about. But I had been up to WJR promoting our first foot race, and um, when I got back to the store, Police Chief Jim Bannon had a car waiting for me. <laughs> and he, they took me up to his office. And he said, "You, we just heard you promoting a foot race in the streets of Detroit. You don't, you can't have a race. You need to go out to Belle Isle, which is one of the parks, right? Just right. like Central Park in, in uh, uh, New York." That created by Frederick Olmsted, the same designer. But uh, I said, no, we don't want to on Belle Isle. We want to be on the streets of the, state, the areas. We're going to take them through Greek Town, Mexican Town, different areas. And he was adamant that we do it at Del Isle. And I started crying and giving this long, you know, uh, dissertation on why the merits of of the the streets are the greatest recreational asset we have. We ought to be using. And he said, well, there must be some way we can figure this out. But it, that just exemplifies the open streets, what you're doing, the bike share program, all the, you know, you, you need things at the level of, that you're doing them in order to other people pull their projects along behind them. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the bike share program. I've been watching yeah. that for a few years in Detroit, and and uh, I, I now have a locker. And I love the idea of the bike share program with me when I'm in Detroit. And so talk about how, what a success has been in Detroit, and uh, I know we're excited about it being here in Kona.
1: Yeah, and congratulations on the uh, the recent launch of, of your system there. Um, so this has been a, a labor of love um, for us here in Detroit. It's been something I've been personally working on for um, for about four years now, and we're going to be launching in the spring, the so spring of 17. We, don't, we aren't as blessed with uh, quite as beautiful weather as you there as you are there out in Hawaii, so we are going to, to wait until the, the weather turns uh, in the spring to to launch. But we're going to be um, we're going to be putting 420 bikes at 42 stations um, throughout Greater Downtown Detroit. Um, we haven't figured out exactly where those locations are, so we're starting to do some of that work through community meetings and other forms of engagement this fall, um, and you know, really going out and talking to people about where they would like to see bike share and you know what kind of membership and pricing options they would like to see, so that we can you know, build that support for bike share early on. Um, but we're really looking at this as a way to help better connect people to the resources and amenities that, you know, exist throughout our community. So whether, you know, you need it to help get you that last mile to work from the bus ride that you take in, you know, to the city in the morning or whether you need to run an errand during your work day or whether, you know, it's the evening and you want to, you know, meet up with friends or, just, you know, take a ride along the river walk. Um, we really want to have, people think a little bit differently about getting on a bike, that it's not just about, you know, something you do on the weekends and and you do, you know, for working out, which, you know, we absolutely support, but it can also be used to get you where you need to go. Um, And so really helping to uh, provide um, access to to bikes so people can do that more often.
0: We're talking with Lisa Nustowski, who's the executive director of Detroit Bike Share as part of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, and they're the umbrella for all kinds of projects that they they uh, put on in the city of Detroit and, and are before, and one of them was the open streets that we were just talking about earlier. But on the bike share, uh, do I understand correctly that Dan Gilbert, of course, owner of Quicken Loans and, and become the headquarters for Quicken with, you know, thousands of uh, employees, haven't they had their own bike share program with four Quicken employees around downtown yeah. Detroit?
1: Yeah, so that's a great point. So, you know, as I mentioned, we started this conversation um, a few years ago. We did a feasibility study um, in 2013. Um, I was at Wayne State University at the time in the Office of Economic Development, and we really used that study as the foundation from which to build a public bike share system. Um, But, you know, the the Rock Ventures and the family of companies, they wanted to have, um, you know, something more immediate for their employees, and so they've contracted out with Um, a specific service for their employees, but the the thought is that once public bike share launches, that that system won't necessarily, we won't have, you know, multiple systems, and that they will just be supporting, um, you know, the the public bike share system, because I think we all want to support, you know, something and see it be a success, and quite frankly, you know, it'll be larger than what they were able to launch um, just for their employees, and so we're really hoping that um, we'll get that support from them and we'll we'll grow a real um, public bike share system that everybody in the city can be proud of. And, and, and
0: really they did, you know, in every stage of it there's pioneering that must go on. And, and that was a form of pioneering just to get a lot of those employees who had not been city dwellers to start right. getting, getting the, you know, you, you don't have to drive everywhere because there has been a lot of educating that has to go on. I see it even with slow roll. People will come down. You know, park their cars, ride in the ride, and and head home. And it's a it's a evolution of getting comfortable. You don't have to go right home right afterwards. You know, walk in the area where you just rode your bike, or patronize a place, or like for the bike share for Quicken employees, get used to you know, hey, hop on a bike and take that, go over for that meeting that way. So there's probably a lot of lessons that have been learned and that could be integrated and shared, but. Um, you know, it, I could even just talking with Tina Clothier, uh Path here in Hawaii, Path, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii. I, I walked down Ali'i Drive, the main street here along the ocean, uh night before last after the parade and she was heading down to the bike share uh setup at the King Kamehameha Kona Beach Hotel, right in the center of our little village and, and we stood and talked for a little bit and you know, um one of the things I had always thought about was, wow, what about bike shops? What about Wheelhouse Detroit and all those bike shops? So I think it's a – for me, it was really good to to have dialogue about that and see that Tina was getting that out in the press. Is it's a whole different kind of bike riding from going and renting a bike from your local bike shop and taking, you know, an afternoon ride on the DeQuinder bike ride. It, it introduces people to biking. It's a little heavier bike, but it rides nicely. But talk a little bit about that because those are some of the things that well, Lisa and I uh, lost each other for a moment there, but I have been saying uh, maybe, Lisa, you can share with us about, you know, how there's a different kind of biking. It's, uh, you know, whether it's you're riding a share a bike or you're renting a bike from a local bike shop or riding your own, the whole theory of abundance, I feel, I might be repeating myself, but is that the more people that are out riding bikes, however they get on them, the better it is for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, and I'll say one other thing, too, just about um – you know, the quick and loans bike share um, that they've had for their employees. It's been very helpful for us um, to sort of use as you know a, a guiding star in thinking about some of the issues that they've had to deal with um, in terms of promoting it to their employees and the kind of ridership that they've gotten and what they found that works and doesn't work. So they've been really um, great partners with with us on that. Um, and I think that you know your question about how, you know, bike share could be used to help people think a little bit differently about getting on bikes is a good one because, you know, you think about, you know, the way bike share, it works is that you set up, you know, several stations over, you know, a pretty compact area, so you make them very convenient, easy for people to use. So, you know, if it's, you know, if you think about, you know, many people, at least here in Detroit, you know, they commute into the city for work, you know, in the morning, and then they have to park their car, typically in a parking structure, and, You may have to pay for that. It may be covered by your employer. But it's typically a hassle to sort of have to get in and out using your car. But what if you have a meeting that's a mile and a half down the road? You could easily hop on a bike if if there were a station outside of your, your place of business um, you know, and ride it up to your meeting, check it into a station that's located there and, and go about your way. So it's really, it's meant to, you know, provide some additional convenience and accessibility for people um, because we've been so car dependent for so long. And it really, I think it, it removes a lot of like the barriers of, you know, sometimes people have not been on a bike for, for years, sometimes decades. Um, and, you know, if you haven't been on a bike in a long time, chances are you're probably not going to just go out and buy your own bike and start riding it. Um, so exactly. So this is yes. a great way for, you know, somebody if they haven't been on a bike in years, you know, check it out for for an hour um, you know, and you know and give it a spin and take it to some place where you feel like you can practice and sort of build up some, you know, some uh some cycling skills or you know, we're also going to be putting on some um city cycling classes and sort of training and education so that people feel comfortable um, riding in the city. So we um, think it's a really great way to help connect people, um, you know, back to and biking the, if they haven't biked in a while.
0: And the playfulness of it. You know,
1: like riding through Kailua Village where the Iron Man is being held this week. And, I,
0: you know, I lived in the village for many, many years and I rode my bike and I still ride my bike everywhere. It's just – and whether it's Detroit, I carry a fold-up bike in Detroit so I can park my car and take it out of the truck and I ride around. Yeah. It's the things that I see in just a half-hour ride just cruising around after a ball game or something – so it is about getting people to see it as a as a lifestyle, not a not a uh, an unusual event in their life, you know, that hey, yeah, uh, I'll go down and ride in the city with you but or I'll I'll get on a share share uh, the bike share and ride over to wherever I'm going to meet you for lunch, you know, that kind of thing when they're right. on the lunch hour. So it's Lisa and your spouse are speaking with, she's the direct, executive director of Detroit Bike Share and was Involved in, in, in organizing the recent Open Streets of Detroit. So many wonderful things to to talk about. I'm so glad Megan Elliott put us together. What is Megan's capacity? Does she work with the
1: state or something with recreation? Yeah, yeah. Megan's working for the city of Detroit, actually. Um, the city. Okay. Uh, yep, exactly. So yep, she's doing I think some um, some planning for for the recreation department.
0: Oh, that's that's you know wonderful. I was at the Detroit Homecoming. Uh, recently, and
1: uh, the Brewster's, uh, the
0: opening night at the Brewster project, or the Brewster gym, um, I was just, I couldn't have been more shocked, couldn't have knocked me over with a feather, uh, Mike Duggan, Mayor Mike Duggan, when he was uh, welcoming the crowd and everything, he sh- gave a shout out to, uh, when years ago, when he worked in the Buell building, and there was this Emily doing say nice things about Detroit, and Emily in Detroit, runs, and he, he just gave me such a glowing accolade, you know, of kind of starting a lot of things that are that are going on. And for me, it's heartwarming because I, I used to always say Detroit's a big enough city that makes a difference in the world and a small enough city, an individual can make a difference. And, and there are just so many people making a difference in Detroit now. And it's so much of that cooperative spirit. It must be fun for you to be, be part of all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've been um, living and working in the city for about 13 years now. It'll be 13 years at the the end of this year. Um, And it's been really exciting to, you know, see some of the, you know, the changes in the city over the last few years. Um, Exciting to also see people, uh, you know, connecting with the city in, in a different way and also thinking about how do we you know, how do we include everybody who's here in the city with the, you know, the growth and the changes that are that are taking place? And so, you know, while, it, while it's definitely it's positive stuff, it's like how do we get everybody involved in that and make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind? And so, I, I do think things like. Um, Bike share, you know, providing another transportation option for people who may not have access to a personal vehicle. Or open streets um, where you can, you know, walk out your front door if you live in, you know, in the neighborhood um, adjacent to, to the route and being able to take your family out and do something that's fun and free. And family-friendly. Um, I think that those are really important things to to making sure that you know this is not just these aren't activities or services that are meant for you know just a certain group of people. They're for everyone. Um, and so it's been been really exciting to be um, involved in you know, some of that work um, here in the city as, as we move forward.
0: And I love sharing the stories of the past. Again, I love the Detroit Historical Society or the museum. You know, the past is the present. I love connecting the stories of so many people that have been a big part of the past, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, whether it's our mayor or, or, or who. And, and it's so fun to connect the stories. And that is what's so great about Detroit is that it's small enough that there is that connection of generations. And uh, celebrating those that are are new to the city, whether they're from the suburbs and new in terms of their enjoyment of of being supportive of the city or their visitors. There's a whole lot of first-generation Detroiters moving to the city, and they're all part of the legacy in their own way. So it's pretty fun, and it's uh, fun to be in touch with you. I enjoyed seeing Eric at Detroit Homecoming. We'll get in touch with him and talk to him. Eric Larson, you're uh, uh, the head of uh, uh, Downtown Detroit Partnership?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And uh, all the things, that and he's also very involved in the uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? The Michigan Parade Company, so everybody can watch that on, uh, was it CBS? Come Thanksgiving Day?
1: Yeah, actually, I think it might be, um, I think it might be NBC. It's NBC. Our, it's, our, it's our WDIV Channel 4 here. Okay, um, yeah,
0: NBC, right. So,
1: yeah, so, yeah, I think it's um america's thanksgiving day parade and, and we, we do put on a good show so and it and is a good
0: show it, i love watching it online
1: and on national tv yeah and and you'll appreciate this uh for this will be the 14th year in a row that i've done the the turkey trot which is the 10k race um before the parade so i know as an avid runner yourself um you would uh you'd appreciate that
0: yeah, I, I love hearing that,
1: and, you know, I
0: have somebody, we did, We had a whole lot to do with the uh, Michigan Parade Foundation deciding to put on a, a foot race in those early days, so that was, that would yeah. been 30 years ago,
1: or almost. So thank Just you for paving the ago. way for us to be able to do yeah, fun, I like that. yeah, I love it, Yeah.
0: well, I always say, you know, it's one thing to create an event, it's another thing to sustain it and keep it going, so kudos to you know, the Michigan Parade Foundation, you know, keeping that going year after year. That that takes a lot of effort and, you know, to sustain and not only that, but to increase the enthusiasm for the event. So it's always a favorite. I see Carmen Harlan. I saw Carmen recently. I was at WBID a couple of weeks ago and got a chance. I, I said hello sure, so we gave each other a big hug and I didn't realize that, that night was when she was gonna be announcing her retirement. So they all said that was kind of ironic that I was in on that day, but uh that she'll still be announcing the parade. And just, there's so much tradition to everything that, that you're doing and open streets is just started their the the first of I'm sure a, a, a real tradition that's going to be beneficial to not only the, the the locals around the state of Michigan, pure Michigan, but all the visitors that that uh, do pass through Detroit and many of them making it their destination these days. So that's really fun to see. So Lisa and thanks for your time this morning. It's a pleasure talking with you and to be continued,
1: eh? Yeah, thank you so much, Emily. A pleasure to be here.
0: Okay, it's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. You can also get the show as an iTunes podcast, uh, ESPNHawaii.com under the lineup tab, or my Facebook page, Emily T. Gale, and many other places. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Always appreciate your nice comments. And always, I love all those emails I'm getting from people that are sending me stories about Detroit. That's kind of fun. I'm getting them from people all over the country. So um yeah, thanks everyone for listening. It's the Unwicky Gale show here on ESPN Hawaii.com.